You are tuning into Lifestyled by You. This podcast was created by me, Ashley Helm, to showcase different areas of my life through my experiences and my healing journey. I want to encourage others to feel empowered with self-love, confidence, and just learning how to embody the energy of everything and anything that you have your heart and soul and mind set on. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing one of my very best friends, Katie Parent. She is literally the jack of all trades, but such an incredible human being. And I'm so excited for you guys to tune in and hear us as we connect authentically with you. All right, here we go. I'm so excited. So, today is my very first podcast interview. And of course, my special guest is my best friend, soul sister, and business partner, mm-hmm. uh, Katie Parent. And you guys know her as Strength in the Soul. And I'm really excited to have her here today just to connect and chat. And you know, it's funny because I asked you guys like what kind of questions you wanted me to ask her. And I got a couple of responses, but mostly we're going to just, you know, kind of go candid here and speak from the heart and whatever comes up in conversation. And I think it'll be really great. Um, Katie is local here. She's from Beacon, New York, Mm -hmm. and she has her own businesses, multiple. She's quite the entrepreneur. So if you don't follow Katie already, um, you should. She's great. We will link all of our social networks on there at the end for you so you can follow. Um, But just in short, Katie is a licensed therapist, Mm -hmm. a Reiki master, um, a guru of life. <laughs> and I'm just really excited to have you here. So thank you for being here today. Oh, I'm so honored and I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. This is so funny. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we'll just get right into it. I would love for you to just kind of introduce yourself to listeners because not, maybe not everybody knows you. So mm-hmm. maybe you tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, this question is always really one of my favorites because I love to just talk about in depth the things that I do and that bring me joy because I feel like right now this point in my life is where I feel the most happy with what I do. So it's so fulfilling to speak about it. And also it's always the most challenging because it's like, where do I start? How do I organize this? (laughs) Um, But in short, keeping it loaded and brief at the same time, I am a licensed therapist. And how that started was I got into the social work field, um, not really knowing my niche and where I was meant to go, what I really wanted to do. And life presented my path as I was going along. So really where I'm at now, I never thought that I would be here and all the things that I'm doing I kind of had an idea, but never really thought that it would end up that way. Um, So I started out my journey as a social worker and I worked my way up to getting licensed, getting my master's. So I'm a licensed master social worker. Hmm. And through that process, I became a child and family therapist. So I have years of experience working with children and families, and I truly love that. And there's no coincidence why my heart and soul led me to doing that because I had a very difficult childhood, a very difficult life growing up um, emotionally and systematically in my family. 
So it's, it's quite fitting to see how I nurtured my own soul through helping children and families. When I got to the pandemic, I finally had a chance to slow down and tap into my own healing, where I discovered that I am meant for so much more. And I needed to bring more of my experience into the community. And so I've always been a very spiritual person. Um, I've had my own spiritual practices. I've loved engaging in the spiritual community. And I finally started to integrate it more into my life to where then I integrated that into a career path. Mm -hmm. So I started, well, I was led Mm -hmm. actually, you know, when you open yourself up to the spiritual side of life, you can almost see the direct guidance that you're receiving every single day from spirit. And I knew that I was being guided to connect with certain individuals in the community who were teaching and leading spiritual entrepreneurship. So yes, I have this background of clinical work in my field. I have this knowledge, I have this experience, and I also have that internal wisdom of what I went through as, you know, in the last 30 plus years. So I then was guided to hire a mentor to open up my spiritual gifts and become a psychic medium. And my gifts opened up because I had that structured time, really, I would say lack thereof structure, because I was free to just be, but I want to say structured in the sense of I never allotted myself that time to focus on me. I was always running from one job to the next, serving my community, serving others. And I never really put myself first. So in that way, it was structured because I had no other choice. We were in the pandemic and every day I got, I got to get up and put myself first and heal and do the things that were really opening me up to release all of those traumas and all of those emotions that were stuck inside. And that's really where I opened up. I opened up emotionally, spiritually, and with my spiritual gifts. And I started practicing my mediumship. And then I felt called to Holy Fire Reiki. Now I had known about Reiki just from me being interested in the spiritual community and Reiki is healing energy, but it comes from the highest energetic source, source, which is God or universe or source. It's that energetic source. So it's unconditional love, it's healing, and it's, it's, it's extreme power. And I was receiving it when I was healing. And I was following that call of whatever I was feeling, whether it be starting a business you know, my mediumship gifts. And I felt the same thing with Holy Fire Reiki. So then I became certified in it. And then I became a Reiki master. And to sum that all up for you guys, during that time was also one of the most difficult times in my life emotionally, because not only was I recovering, starting to recover from burnout, because, you know, burnout from a career and burnout because I was not really addressing my childhood trauma. And I was just going, 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 going. And I was constantly being triggered. I was constantly just overworked. My emotions were overworked. My stress response was overworked. 
I was going through a difficult time because of that. And I was suffering through a very difficult loss. And there was this one time in my life where I just felt I could not go on. I just felt like I have no hope. I was exhausted. I was truly, truly exhausted mentally and physically. And in that moment, I wanted to just seek out any relief. And I was having those thoughts of what purpose do I have in my life? And I don't necessarily want to say that I was struggling with suicidal thoughts, but I was having some sort of ideation where I didn't know that my life had purpose. And in that moment, I just said, okay, I, I sat up and I have this sign in my room that says the best is yet to come. And I purposely put it where I could see it when I wake up in the morning, because I just, I work really well with those motivational prompts, whether it be a quote or a sign or anything like that. And so I put that there years ago. And so when I was laying in my bed crying in that moment, I looked at that sign and I said, the best is yet to come. Get the heck up. <laughs> you can curse here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, get the heck up and, and do something about this. You know, you are in the worst part of your life. And yes, we get to feel that and we get to live that. We get to experience that. And I just did not want to experience that anymore because I had that was probably at um seven months at that point of true grieving, true exhaustion and when you lose someone, you don't only grieve the loss in that moment, all these other things come up for you. So, so much was coming up for me, you know? Mm. Um, and so it was just very heavily um, influencing my life at that time. And I got up, I went in my kitchen and I started strengthen the soul. And prior to creating the business, I already had that name in my mind because I was already, I'm very um, in my mind, I'm all air signs. So if anybody's into astrology, um, I'm always in my head and air is very much like your upper, um, part of your body. And so I'm always in my head, always thinking. <laughs> so it could be a really beautiful thing where you're like constantly going, going, going. I'm always having ideas, thoughts, you know, but it could also be, it could also hinder you in the way of like overthinking and things like that. But, um, I was always just thinking about my life and I drove a lot for work in the first 10 years of my career path as a social worker, I was driving everywhere all over Orange County, New York. And I was always in my head, always thinking. And so this thought came into my mind of why me, why me, why me? Why am I always suffering? Why am I always having to deal with these difficult experiences? Why am I never getting this or having that? And then I said, yes, me, because these very things have strengthened my soul. And that started to just, I started to live and breathe that mantra. And so when I went into my kitchen on that very day, that is the first name that I knew in my heart that that's what my business was going to be called. So I actually started Strength in the Soul, the Instagram, just because I wanted to promote mental health and my spirituality and all of that. And then through the pandemic, again, following that call, following my intuition, I was like, this needs to become a business. And mm. I just started pouring into it and pouring into it. And that led me to being here in this moment and where I do, um, I do therapy with people all over the world. I refrain from calling it therapy in a sense, because I'm trying to step out of that clinical mm -hmm. with my business. Um, 
but I call it intuitive life coaching, empowerment life coaching, because I am intuitively helping you and in where you are in your life, personally driven, you know, not just taking a one, an all encompassing one-sided approach. It's really tapping into what do you need and helping you to really get to the root of the issues and empower you to be the best version of yourself. So my business has that staple to it. And then I also have the mediumship and readings. I do Reiki teaching and Reiki sessions. So I do, um, that on an individual level, on a group level, and then on a master level, I teach it to people, which is amazing. I also do programs and workshops. So I have, from the years of experience that I have in the profession of working with humans, I have observed all different types of behaviors. And and through observing human behavior every single day, multiple sessions a day, it, get, it gave me so much knowledge and experience on how we can create positive change in our life. And I wanted to bring that to my community. And that is exactly where the Empowerment Workshop event series came from, where then I bring my teachings and motivation and healing into a community on a larger scale. So we do virtual work, we do group work, we do retreats all different types of workshops. And I also bring in leaders in the community to join me as well, because we all have the same mission, different experience, different abilities to teach on different levels. And I believe in co-creating in that way. Um, so that is strength in the soul. <laughs> it's so funny because literally as I hear you talking, I'm like, okay, check, check, check. Cause there was like, I was going to ask you like, okay, well, how did you come up with strength in the soul, mm-hmm. the name? And you know, just some of the things you said, you've already explained beautifully. Yeah. Um, I think it's really incredible too. Like for those of you who don't know, I've known Katie now for, oh my gosh, how many, it's, over, it's 10. over 10, Yeah. but it's like, when we say over 10, I think it's more than that now. Yeah, probably 12. It, it's 12, 13, mm-hmm. let's just say over 10, because yeah. we know we might be going into 15 years. Who knows at this point? <laughs> I, I mean, really, I have to do the math, but mm-hmm. over 10 years and to watch your transformation from this perspective too yeah. has been totally so incredible because I've seen you go through the lows and the highs mm-hmm. and I've seen you struggle and I've seen you kind of be lost. And then, mm-hmm. so now to see you in a place of like, just really, truly embodying like all the things, it's just so beautiful. And I'm like, so happy for you. And I love that because yeah. it's just, it's incredible. It really is incredible what you do. Um, your gift has touched my life. It touches so many others' lives. And I just think it's so powerful how you turned your pain into purpose, mm-hmm. how you took your tragedies and created them into this beautiful gift, truly. Like, Thank you know, you. it's, it's incredible because mm-hmm. not enough people know how not enough people know how to ask for help Mm -hmm. now there's not enough resources there are and there aren't you know and like what you were saying when you wanted to get out of the clinical this kind of brought me into the next thing I was going to ask was so you want to get away from the clinical part of it so Mm -hmm. you don't really call it therapy even though like it's it's kind of like it or whatever yeah but I think too a lot of people have this like bad stigma when it comes to therapy Mm -hmm. and a lot of people won't invest in it for themselves or they won't even take that initial step toward Mm -hmm. it because they think it's like a bad thing yeah and or they look at it like well there's something wrong with me and it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you so maybe I would love to ask or have you explain like and it doesn't have to be the word therapy but in Mm -hmm. short like why you think that therapy is um is important yeah yeah you know I think that 
life is so hard. Mm -hmm. Life is so hard and we don't have to go through it alone. Now, every single therapist that you meet has all different backgrounds, all different experiences, professional and personal. And it's okay for you to attempt to, to go to therapy and not fit well with that therapist. You know, I would be lying if I said that every single one of my clients, whether that be the four-year-old or the 80-year-old, because that's how far my client um, age range varies, I would be lying if I said that every single one of them fit well with me. Yeah. You know, so because sometimes people aren't ready for the, the level that I'm at. I do my own healing work where I can only heal my clients at the rate that I'm healing and the level that I'm, the level of self-awareness that I have, the level of, um, emotional regulation that I have as well, because as a therapist, you have to hold space for someone else's emotions and not everybody can do that very well. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes I hear too, like, well, my therapist talked about herself the entire time or himself, whatever. And a lot of people like that and can handle that because they're not ready to dive deep into their own stuff. Mm -hmm. So they do well with that in a way. And then other times people are like, no, I need this space for me. Um, So you have to have so much self-awareness as a therapist to be like, am I bringing any of my stuff into my client session? Um, So number one, I know that that hinders a lot of people because you're dealing with another human. You're, you have to be able to be vulnerable. And I think too, when it comes to vulnerability, Yes, it's about being vulnerable with another human and practicing that ability to be safe in that level of, of judgment. Obviously, when you go to when you go to therapist, if you go to therapy and if you're with the right therapist, you will feel safe and know in your whole being by the energy and the presence that you're not being judged. Mm. However, vulnerability and judgment always comes from within us, within ourselves first. So in order for you to open up to to healing and asking for help, you have to be willing to be vulnerable with yourself first and say, I am suffering. I am struggling with this. And oftentimes we have been conditioned, whether it be our family or society to not feel safe doing that especially men as well, because you have that toxic masculinity where people feel like, well, I need to be strong. I mean, men aren't the only ones who struggle, but they do struggle more often because it's hard to, to appear because they want to, they, they feel like they need to fit into that societal box that I need to be strong. Um, That's also the same thing for mothers as well, that, oh, I'm a mother. I need to be strong. Right. You know, so being vulnerable means you don't have to even have to worry about anybody else really, but are you safe within yourself to say, I'm struggling and admit to yourself that you're struggling? Um, Because you have to release that conditioning first and saying, it's okay for me not to be strong. That doesn't define me in any way. Yeah. I am strong by being vulnerable. And a lot of people don't associate strength with vulnerability. They associate the opposite because they don't have that knowledge or they're stuck in the way that their family was brought up. A lot of times I get that where people are like, well, my family feels this way. These are their values. And this is how I grew up. And I only gained that awareness by talking to this person or watching this show, reading that book. You know, that's why it's so important 
community is so important, right? Because we need to bring awareness to each other. You know, you teach me, I teach you. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. Um, you know, therapy has such a stigma because of the the old school way of you're just going to lay down and, and tell me how, and you, tell feel. You, how you feel. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I love the work that I do yeah. because I do have that experience of that clinical work. I've worked with amazing therapists, amazing psychiatrists. And I, I have, um, I got trained in dialectical behavioral therapy as well as the other modalities, but I've have extensive experience in that modality where I ran a group. I also implemented it in my individual sessions and dialectical behavioral therapy changed my own life. Mm. Because that modality is extremely skill-based. Okay. Where you're acknowledging your feelings, you're validating your feelings, you're gaining that mindfulness and self-awareness, and then you're implementing skills mm. where a lot of times um, therapy, you go in and you're, you're learning how to express your feelings and healing is all about taking what's within us and, and bringing it externally and healing in that way. And that's why having someone to process your feelings with, to help you process your feelings, gives you that sense of accountability. Like I'm not feeling this all on my own mm -hmm. and I'm not dealing with this all on my own and I can process it and have someone piece it together for me and reflect. Even me, I have my own therapist and she reflects things back to me in a way that I could have never even thought of because when we're dealing and feeling with our, our, when we're dealing with our emotions and feeling our emotions, yeah. how sound of mind are we? We're not, we're not, right. you know? So if I'm processing someone else's emotions, I'm not feeling it within my body. Mm. Take the spiritual side of me. Right. Yes, I yes. am feeling it in my body. <laughs> yeah. So I've had to learn how to ground my energy and separate that. It's been very difficult um, in that way. However, it makes for such a profound, amazing transformational experience in the work that I do, because not only do I have that intuition mm. and I'm allowing spirit to come in and God to come in and help lead the session, but I also get that experience of myself where I take the clinical work. I take the, all the different work that I've done now. I didn't even tell you some of my experience that I have, but I have experience doing therapy with the elderly. I worked with a neuroscientist where I, I learned how to do therapy with people who have brain injuries, traumatic brain injuries. Um, so there's so much going on there as well, like in my experience level. So I have experience working with so many different types of people with all different types of trauma. Um, and in that way, I can bring all that experience. And then I also love holistic healing. Mm -hmm. Strength in the soul works at a harmonious level of the mind, body, and soul. I believe that we can't just heal in our mind. We have to heal in our body because our body holds on to trauma and emotions. And our body is a free, beautiful tool in mm -hmm. healing. And a lot of times we don't think to utilize that. Right. And then I also work on the soul level where we open you up deep and we tap into that soul aligned healing work where it's like on a deep level are you tapping into that soul work so between the mind body and soul we can absolutely heal and transform our life and 
I get a lot of people who come to me and again, I will never knock clinical therapy because I, I have done it. I am licensed to do it. I believe in it and I love it. Um, It could be extremely powerful. And then I've had a lot of people come to me and say, I've tried therapy and it didn't work for me. Yeah. And then we take the different approach that I bring in. And this is also why I'm stepping outside of the clinical work because I don't get, I don't have to follow state regulations. I don't have to, I don't have to prove the interventions that I'm doing clinically. I get to say, let's breathe through this for 10 minutes. Yeah. And that, yes, people do that in therapy sessions, but I believe instead of putting in a clinical intervention, I'm going to have you work through that energetically. I'm going to have you work through that physically. And then we could rewire those thoughts and we could work in those thought patterns in that mind-centered work. So, you know, I love working in holistic health because sometimes even it's, it's tapping into the food that you're eating, the new, the type of nutrition, right. are you moving your body? Or do you have a spiritual connection? Right. You know, not everybody has that spiritual connection. And I'm not saying that's the end all be all. And I've seen the power in how much it can transform your life, mm-hmm. a spiritual connection. And so all that to say is therapy is wonderful. And in whatever form of therapeutic work that you're doing, whether that be clinical, holistic, or personal development, we as humans are meant to evolve Mm -hmm. and we're spiritual beings having a human experience. We're spiritual first. We are souls first. And not many people really identify with that or tap into that enough. And if you have that awareness that we are souls first having a human experience, Mm -hmm. we can change our lives through just knowing that and tapping into that side of life. Like, oh, wait, actually, let me try tackling this soul approach first, right? You know, because human experience is, is meant to be difficult, right? Because that's how we grow and learn. If life was easy, we would never evolve past birth, right? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. Um, so it's, it's, life is so, so hard. Mm-hmm. Life is just so hard. And I say this all the time to my clients, like, do not let anybody glamorize their own life or their healing experience or journey. Healing is amazing. Yeah, Healing is fucking amazing. It really, really is. And it's so hard. It's every day. It's a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle. You're not only going to heal through that triggered moment Mm -hmm. or that failed relationship or that loss of a job or a relationship or whatever. You're not just going to heal in those moments. Oh, those are, those are very pivotal moments on your, in your journey. Right. And you're going to heal through the, the, the choice that you make when you wake up and you choose to think differently, or you act differently towards another person, or you are intentional in this area of your life. That's healing. You get to make that choice and transform your life in that way. And that's why it's a lifestyle. Healing is a lifestyle. And by hiring someone, whether it be a coach or a therapist or a mentor, or even if you buy the book, right? You know, if you're not ready to talk with someone else, buy the book, buy the self-help book, get that different perspective, get the knowledge, get the experience. You're taking that opportunity to change your life and you're not doing it alone. 
Yeah. I mean, it's safe to say then when you're speaking and talking about all the different um, components to how you heal mm -hmm. others and help others find their healing, it's you know safe to say that therapy is not one-sided. It's exactly. not just sit down and tell me how you're feeling. There's so many different components that go into it yeah. that are helpful. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, there's no one way that works for everybody because exactly. everybody has their own recipe or cocktail yes. of what's going to work for them. Yeah. And the only way to know what works for you is by starting and trying. And, yes. you know, I can remember when I was younger, I did clinical traditional therapy and it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I did a couple of sessions, but it just wasn't, it wasn't what I needed. It wasn't yeah. working. And it wasn't until later in life when I'm seeing the repeat pattern of behavior and, you know, just the self-sabotage. And of course, mm -hmm. not dealing with life just yeah. going through the motions that I had to find other ways to heal. And truly, if I think about my journey, where I started was when I started to do the movement with my body, because yeah. I could find that release of emotion mm -hmm. through dance or mm -hmm. whatever I was doing, working out. So, you know, I love that for what you do. I love that. It's not just one thing. Yeah. It's all the things because mm -hmm. truly we need all those tools mm -hmm. because it's not like sometimes in one moment, someone's going to have an experience and they need to go in that toolbox and yes. say, okay, I'm I'm going to use breathing right now, yeah. or I'm going to go back in the toolbox and I'm going to use journaling, or I'm going to use meditation, or I am going to use the clinical things I've learned. So it is really important, I think, for people to hear and understand that healing doesn't look like one particular thing. Exactly. And there is a recipe for everybody, particular to everybody's own life. Mm -hmm. um, and I wish more people would dive into it rather than be scared of it. Yeah. You know. Um, and just kind of like face it. It's like, yeah. we all have to start somewhere. Yes. And so that brings me to my next question that I was thinking about was you always say healing is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's like hook, line and sinker. That is Katie saying, so yeah, <laughs> healing is your responsibility. <laughs> so when you say that, right, like you say, that's more hearing healing is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like when I ask you that, it's like, when you say that to someone, what is the first step, I guess, for them? So let's say someone out there right now is listening mm -hmm. and saying, well, yeah, I do think I need some healing work. Yes. I want to start. How do I make it my responsibility? Like, what would you say step, the step is taking the step to making it your responsibility? What are, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that saying comes from a more expansive phrase that I say of what happened to you is not your fault. And healing is your responsibility because oftentimes we can allow our negative experiences, whether that be trauma, mental illness, anything that we've been through in our life that has been hard, detrimental, horrible. We get to validate ourselves in that way. And we oftentimes let that hinder us though from healing. And I want to be very careful here into not invalidating anybody's experience and, and also however long it takes you. Mm. And with that said, at some point in your life, the person that hurt you, the trauma that you endured, the painful experiences that you went through, those very things are never going to create positive change in your life. Right. In the sense of you're not going to get, you're not always going to get the apology that you think you need to fully heal. Mm. Because I can guarantee you at some point, maybe if you do get that apology, there's still going to be residual stuff there that you need to work through and heal through. Mm. So when I say that healing is our responsibility, we are the only persons 
persons. Oh my goodness. We, (laughs) I'm like, so in it, we are the only people that are going to change our life are going to heal our life, no matter what has happened to us. Right. So taking responsibility means showing up for yourself. And, and we know that's hard. Yeah. We know that's very difficult. And for me, myself, I struggled so much with loving myself. And it wasn't that I couldn't look myself in the mirror and say, you're beautiful, or that you have so much to offer this world. It was in the very choosing myself. It was, I was allowing self-betrayal. I was betraying myself in, in relationships. I was neglecting my healing for a long time. I was in my suffering. I allowed my experiences to take over my life and I felt sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's different than validating myself because I get to validate myself. I get to say that what I went through was hard. Mm-hmm. What I went through created mental health issues in my life. What I went through created my need to be feeling stuck in the mud. I, I allot depression to being stuck in the mud or feeling stuck in the mud um, because it could really feel that way. And yeah. I suffered for a long time in my life. And it wasn't until I took the validation piece and then the action piece of it that I feel so free. So you can validate yourself and your experiences and you can then take responsibility to change your life. And you have to, because nobody is going to do it for you. You have loved ones in your life who are going to fight for you. Of course, Mm -hmm. you have people in your life who are going to say, you don't look good today. Can I help you? Yeah. And you cannot solely rely on anybody else to help you or to fill the wounds or heal the wounds inside of you, to fill the voids inside of you. Nobody can do that for you or nothing can do that for you. Right. You know, and that's where addiction comes in because we often get so um, used to how good it feels to be numb, Mm -hmm. how good it feels to quickly um, have a chemical go off in our brain when we shop or we drink or we have sex or we gamble or we laugh with friends laughing can be an addiction in a way (laughs) I mean it's amazing it's a powerful healing tool but are you you know I, I know for myself I mean this is where my weight gain came from because I was so depressed that I was I would go out to eat with and drink with my friends constantly like hey let's go out to eat I need to I want to have appetizers and drinks and I want to laugh and I want to mingle and I want to do all these things Cause it felt really good. Yeah. It felt really, really good. But then you, fa- I found myself overweight, avoiding my emotions, getting home late and not getting proper sleep. And I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't looking good. And it just was repeating that horrible cycle of feeling a void and trying to heal a wound that I wasn't even fully aware of. And then I, when I actually, the pandemic saved my life, I really think honestly, because I wasn't going out. I wasn't doing the things that I was run from it. I couldn't run from it. Exactly. You had to stay home. Yeah. And I had to feel my feelings. I had to heal. I had to do the things. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think the pandemic did that for a lot. Yeah. You know, we know what it did for a lot of people, but I agree. I think sometimes when you have to sit with yourself and you have to be so present with yourself, it can be scary because you're like, all right, like it's almost like the world stopped spinning yeah. for a moment. And you had to just like really reflect, well, where mm-hmm. am I at? Am I truly happy? What am I doing? And 
is this behavior benefiting my life? You know, yeah. I, when you were talking about like the addictions and I think about the thick of my life where I probably hated myself the most, mm-hmm. where I was really struggling, but everybody on the outside thought I was like thriving, right. but I wasn't, was right when I was addicted to working out, mm-hmm. addicted to the restricted eating. I was so addicted to the image, the body image, yes. right? Like trying to achieve this perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also shopping like fucking crazy, putting yeah. myself into debt. Yeah spending money I didn't have or wasn't making because it felt better to go to the store. And like, I was, I bought so much useless, pointless. I spent so much money. And every time I went and there was, it was always when rather than dealing with the forefront of what was going on in my life and what was really wrong with it, I was like, well, shit, let me go to TJ Maxx really quick. Yeah. I don't need, Oh my God. Yeah. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. And then to see the transition where now it's like the complete 180 of that because yeah. now there's like the happiness the true balance the healing mm-hmm. it's like when I go to the store I'm like do I really need this eh. and I don't have that urge to go and yeah. shop because I'm masking something it's really just I do love shopping exactly. you know I'm even working out it's such a healthy balance now so you're right yes. like I think people too think addiction is just like drugs and alcohol and it's not there's no. so many other things yeah. that can be out there that you can be you know pushing your need to heal to the side like, I think if all, all of us could reflect for a moment, even if you're listening to this and you feel like, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say triggered almost yeah. like, Hey, that's me. Mm-hmm. Like, this could be a good opportunity for you to reflect and ask yourself like, okay, what is my behavior like right now? And how can yeah. I really support my healing instead of my hurting? Exactly. Yeah. And that's where hiring someone or asking for help is extremely important yes. because for me, I help my clients in this way. And I teach them the tools to help manage that because when you're dealing with addiction and mental illness and, and your mental health issues, it can be so overwhelming and so difficult because we're dealing with the brain. We're dealing with the mind. We're dealing with our systems in our body, our nervous system, Mm. like our nervous system begins programming before we're even born. You know, we are as humans are so intricate and, and it's, it takes a lot of willpower to change and to heal. And so you need skills to help you to rewire those thoughts and your systems and reprogram your nervous system. And oftentimes addiction comes out of feeling a lack of safety, Hmm. you know, and when your nervous system is heightened, then it brings up all these other things and all these other emotions. And that's where it's, it, you just want your body sends out an alarming system that we need to regulate. We need to regulate. We need to regulate. So what are you going to do impulsively? You're going to do something to help you yourself regulate Mm -hmm. instead of sitting with it and in that discomfort and say, how can I breathe through this? How can I be extremely mindful of what's going on? And how can I not be impulsive and make a wrong decision for myself? And this is why, you know, like a drug addiction is extremely difficult to overcome because not only are you working with a trauma-based nervous system in a way like without the drug but then you add the drug in there Mm. and it's a chemical dependency so your brain is not only your brain and your physical body and your emotions and again the mind body soul because we work at a mind body soul level and not many people understand that so we are wounded at a mind body soul level and we also have to heal at a mind body soul level so again when you're in that 
place of dysregulation, your mind and your body and your, and your soul are going to go after what works. Well, your brain knows that the drug works. Mm. So, you know, by just doing that, it's going to heal. It's help in that moment because, yeah. you know, the thoughts are going to go away. The feelings are going to go away. Same thing with shopping or alcohol or, you know, anything relationships even can be addicting. Codependency can be very addicting where I know that this person can make me feel better, even if it's unhealthy. Right. Right. So we're dealing with heavy, heavy stuff in our life as a human. Oh, fuck. Yes. (laughs) So what makes you think that you, you deserve to deal with this stuff alone. Right. And that's a whole different topic for a whole different day of worthiness. And, and, you know, and I always say that the worthiness is that foundation, because if you don't feel worthy to heal, how are you going to bring healing into your life? So allow that be the first step and ask yourself that question. Do I feel worthy to heal? Do I feel worthy to change? And if you don't, don't shame yourself for that feeling or that realization minimize shame and guilt as much as you can on your healing journey, because those feelings hinder growth and healing. You can say to yourself, it's okay that I feel this way. Yeah. It's okay to not be okay. Obviously first and foremost, and also it's okay that I don't love myself. Yeah. People often focus so much on the outcome. I need to love myself. I should love myself. Mm. Those are very negative statements and very negative words. And this is why it's a very big responsibility to influence people. It's a very big responsibility to be a therapist, a healer, a coach, any person in a, in that pivotal position, Mm -hmm. it's a huge responsibility because if you are telling someone, well, we need you to love yourself, we need, you should love yourself. Of course, it's probably coming from an authentic loving place. Yes. And that very statement is going to trigger shame in that person right. who's receiving that because then they think, oh my God, I don't love myself. I'm, I'm bad. Right, right. And then again, this is where raising children is important as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because if you're raising a child and you tell that child, you should love yourself. I want you to love yourself. There's like so much guilt in that. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Even saying it, you think about it, you hear that. That's exactly. so much guilt behind it. And that's why like, I'm so big on trying to utilize my platform. Mm-hmm. I show myself crying. I show myself you know, being vulnerable. And I talk about these very things. I don't just run a business of, hey, Hire me to help you. Right, right. I do the work. I do the work. Mm -hmm. And I also really love my Instagram and my website and my podcast. And and thank you for this opportunity because your podcast now too is like, I really want to bring awareness to these very things. You know, it's the it's in the language that we speak to one another and to ourselves that are so important. So, you know, you never want to harbor shame and healing. Yeah. You know, when, when you were speaking and you said like, you do the healing work and you do, I've seen it obviously firsthand, Yeah. but it goes, it goes to the example I always use of even me, right. Mm -hmm. Where I'm at, like, I still seek a mentor and I still seek guidance. And we joke and I say, you're my unpaid therapist, but you are like literally Mm -hmm. because you've given me tools that I would have never learned otherwise. And the truth is I always use the example of Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. Do you not think Tiger Woods has a coach? I always say like, he might be a really great all-star golfer, but even the best of the best have to have a coach. So like even you as a therapist, as a healer, um, 
as literally the, the wearer of many hats, you still need somebody mm-hmm. to help you yeah. because there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Like we all need that. So I think too, it's important to know that like you do show up and do the work every single day Yeah. outside of your experience and yes, your education and your training and, and literally everything that you do, it's like, you're actually, you are practicing what you preach. And that's so important. And I think that we always talk about like, you know, people on social media glamorizing the healing or grandma uh, glamorizing just like self-love and not really yeah. knowing what it means. Even for myself, I'm very mm-hmm. mindful of what yeah. I put out. Like, yeah. you know, you guys don't know this on the, the backside of things. I always am like, I'm always kind of not always, but frequently checking in with you. Like, yeah. Hey, how's this wording? Yeah. Cause like, really? I want, I want to learn because yeah. I want to be better because before we got into things, I always used to say, but not ever thinking, but was negative. Why? Because we're just trained to say, mm-hmm. but we're just always, cause, but was always taught to us like, or this, or so it was, but this, you know, exactly. but, but now it's the end and yeah. I'm using end so much. And it makes such a positive impact, not mm-hmm. just in my own self-talk, but yeah. the, the way I speak to others. And now my next word I'm working on is should, because like you said it comes from a place of love yeah it's just a word I've learned yeah I never associated it as a negative thing mm-hmm. um so I try to flip it to like you could and you can mm-hmm. and you will yeah. you know like try to make it more positive and you know I've used those tools so I, I do think that bringing awareness to that is super important and understanding your responsibility of where you're at your platform, what you do and the influence that you have mm-hmm. is really impactful yeah and you do a great job with that. And I think it's very commendable because there's a lot of people that just want to be there, but won't be willing to actually dig through the trenches and do the work so they can say that they have arrived Mm -hmm. in a place where they can authentically share not just their influence, but their power, their experience, Mm -hmm. their training, their education and all that. So Mm -hmm. like, it's, you know, it's really important for people to hear that because it's not just this gift that you have, like exactly. you like literally do the work exactly. and continue to, yeah. and we say it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the journey never ends. Never, it's, it's, it is a lifestyle. Yeah. Just like working out, just yeah. like being healthy, just everything we do is a lifestyle choice and it's mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally lifestyle by Ashley, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think about styling your life, Mm-hmm. maybe ask yourself today if you're listening to this is healing part of it yeah and if you feel called to heal I think really important to say is don't be scared to ask for help mm-hmm. we all we don't know where to start sometimes but I think acknowledging it and asking for help and not being afraid to ask for help is mm-hmm. so important and just because you start a healing journey somewhere if it's not feeling right like you said in the yeah. beginning, you can shift you can change you can try new things mm-hmm. and figure out what works for you and I think that that's really important too for people to understand like just start because mm-hmm. it's the best gift that you can give to yourself truly it really is, there's yeah. so much that transforms and changes in your life all the things like all the relationships you have and then of course the one with yourself Mm -hmm. now there was a question that someone had asked me to ask you and Mm -hmm. I want to bring it up now and ask you because there's something that I've I heard you say of course and and I've seen you write it where it's um it's negative kind of toxic positivity right where when people say you can't love someone if you don't love yourself so this brings me to the question that someone had asked, how do you love someone else while still trying to work on learning to love yourself? And I feel like this is an important question to ask you now, because I wanted to talk about number one. The first part of this question is 
why is that toxic positivity yes. saying that you can't love someone if you don't love yourself? Mm -hmm. And then going into answering this question, how do you love someone if you don't fully love yourself yet? Mm -hmm. Or you're learning, you're trying. I love this question. This is a very um, powerful thing to talk about. And I have so many things that are running through my mind that I want to talk about here. First and foremost, toxic positivity is something that I want everybody to look into, whether you are in a position where you are influencing other people or just yourself when you are influencing the people in your daily life, because there has been this premise in society that being positive is the most important thing. And there are these practices that you, or words that you can say, or that we tend to say, leading people, others, whether it be personally or professionally, right? Because I want to speak to this on both levels, right. because I think even if you're having a conversation with your family or your friends, we can be kind of um, toxic in that way. Or if you are in a position when we, where we see this a lot is where we have this day and age where of social media, where it's so easy to get in that toxic, positive place because we want to appear like everything is okay. We want everybody else to be okay. And we want to, we haven't done the healing work. So we're just saying, spitting things out that feel right, which goes back to the outcome of being positive. Right. We need to minimize that wording and that language because it's so invalidating to our human experience, our emotions, and it's just toxic, period. How can you tell somebody that they don't deserve to be loved and to love if they don't love themselves? Mm. Like, how can you say that to somebody? Or how can you say to someone who is going through a difficult time, you'll get through it. It's going to be okay. I want to also validate the people who use this language and saying that just like what I said about the word should, I understand that sometimes these things come out from a beautiful heart-centered place. Mm -hmm. And this is why more people like us and myself, and especially try to talk about this. I remember I wrote a whole blog post about this because it was really important for me because I was seeing influencers more and more on social media spitting out this language that I did not resonate from a therapist's perspective. Mm -hmm. Somebody who is constantly helping people to understand and process their emotions. Like I would never say that, I would never say, um, something that is of toxic positivity to somebody. Would you say it's from a lack of knowing? I think it is. Yeah. You know, I think that there's, I think that there's two aspects to that. I think there's an, a lack of knowledge mm -hmm. and going back to doing the work. I always, always am learning. Mm -hmm. I'm always expanding. I'm always asking questions. I'm always tapping into myself and saying, where am I ready to lead other people? Mm. Where, what more do I need to heal myself to show up more for my community? Yeah. So, I'm, so yes, it's a lack of knowledge because it's like, are you asking yourself those questions? Right. You know, are you reflecting on the words that you're saying? Are you truly reflecting on how it feels to receive those words? You know, before you say something, I think this is common human 
knowledge anyway, before you say something to someone, reflect on how that's going to be received. Mm. You know, how would you feel if someone said you should love yourself? Right. How would you feel? So think about that before you say to someone else. Um, and in going back to healing with self-love and relationships, I truly believe that as you continue to do the work, you are going to gain that self-awareness. And I'm, when I say do the work, I mean, do the healing work, right. whether it's observing the patterns in relationships, healing your childhood trauma that often affects relationships. How are you in a relationship and what kind of relationships are you attracting into your life? And that's just not romantic. It's also friendship too. Mm -hmm. As you are healing and opening up, opening yourself up, you gain self-awareness and clarity of those very patterns of those emotions and how your relation, if your relationship is serving you or not. So in that way, I think people try to just put this positivity over that because they want you to achieve a healthy relationship, right? It's very outcome-based. You want to achieve a healthy relationship. And it's in the very unhealthy relationships that we are in that help us to learn and grow. I think that there's a sense of learning in those intimate relationships that help us to heal. So we don't necessarily always want to avoid the negative relationship. It's all about being aware of how this relationship is affecting our life and then also our, our capacity to move on from that. Right. Because it is very difficult sometimes to leave a negative relationship. And if you're doing the healing work, it will be easier and easier to overcome those negative relationships. We are always worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And that's where that question was really important to me because whether you love yourself or not, you are always worthy of love. And people who say that you can't love someone until you love yourself, we all know that to be false. Right. Because how hard and have we loved someone through our lack of love for ourselves? Right. It's in the discovery work that we do when we're healing our self-love and the, the relationship we have with ourselves that we understand more our capacity to love and to receive love and whether that's healthy or not. Right. You know, so yes, when you are in a healthier place, when you truly have healed the relationship with yourself, you do have a greater capacity to understand whether that love is healthy for you or not. Right. And you can bring in healthier relationships into your life. So I understand where that statement comes from. And if you are in a healthy relationship with another person who is healing and doing the work, mm -hmm. they will absolutely hold space for you when you're healing and you don't necessarily love yourself. Yeah. I think when you love yourself, you have more awareness of who you are and how you are in the relationship, mm -hmm. but it does not mean that you can't love or receive love. Mm -hmm. And it certainly does not mean that you're not worthy of love. So that is my answer to that question. Yeah, I do love that. You know, I think it's true because 
You absolutely can love someone if you don't love yourself. And when you start your healing and the self-awareness and you do start to love yourself, then you can ask yourself, is this relationship I'm in healthy? Mm -hmm. Am I loving the right person? Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's like, you know, I've definitely been there in life where I didn't love myself and I still loved very hard. Yeah. So I guess I was very fully capable of loving someone else. And, you know, to all of this. And the reason why I say a lack of knowledge is because I remember when I first started speaking from an inspirational place, Mm -hmm. right? This is a couple of years back, however many years ago, this is now, and it could have been before like lifestyle by Ashley, but I used to say that, Mm -hmm. that I definitely have said those words of you can't love someone else if you don't love yourself. I've always, I used to say that. Mm -hmm. And I believed it because number one, I was unhealed. And two, it was from a lack of knowledge. It's from a place of, I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. It was what I heard or what I saw. So mm-hmm. I was repeating it, thinking that was the truth when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was always worthy of love and I was always and I was always capable of loving another. And it was just what you said right there. It's that question of, is this relationship healthy or not for me? Um, is this person holding space for me? And all of those things. And I think that's important for people to hear who are listening because don't put off loving yourself or loving someone don't put off loving someone else fully because maybe you don't love yourself fully yet, you know? Exactly. And sometimes there's like really great healing that can come, I believe, Mm -hmm. from learning to love someone else. Exactly. And seeing that if you can love someone else, you can love yourself that much too. Like, yeah, absolutely. And oftentimes, again, we seek ourselves outside of our outside of ourselves. And that's where these negative relationships often come from, because we are loving someone so fiercely Mm. in hopes to gain that love within ourselves or that healing within ourselves or what we lacked growing up as children, Mm. you know, and that's why healing is so important when it comes to relationships and also relationships are so important in our healing Yeah, because how are we ever going to know, you know, in my one relationship that I always reflect back on, that was extremely negative for me. It was at a point where I was in my early twenties, I lacked self-worth and self-love so much that I absolutely accepted the love that I felt in that moment unconsciously because it was really so deep rooted that I was worthy of. And I could not understand why this person didn't love me, why this person didn't want me, Mm. why this person wasn't treating me the way that I wanted. And instead of having that grounded, loving sense of self and, and relationship with myself, I stayed hoping that it would change Mm. and now the Katie that I am now because I healed through that experience and I gained that awareness with myself as instead of instead of assuming that it was because I was not loving myself and I couldn't receive or give I really said why and how I asked myself the right questions Mm. why did I stay in that relationship for three and a half years when I was being treated that way. Where can I heal more and what can I do about it? Yeah. You know, so I can have a healthy relationship. It was so hard. That weight of lack of love that I had for myself was so, I mean, that had a huge hold on me to the point where I was like, will I ever love myself enough? Like, I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know how to not not love myself. Like I felt like it was so all consuming. Yeah. 
but it really was until I tapped inside of myself and I sought myself within myself instead of just seeking out that external validation or seeking myself outside of myself. Like, who am I outside of a relationship? Yeah. Who am I outside of always wanting to be loved? Yeah. I was just wanting to be loved so bad mm-hmm. because I, as a child, I never felt seen emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be loved so bad. And maybe that comes with age because at 22, 24 years old, right. did I have the mental capacity to think that way? Yeah. And then I began to think that way closer to my 30s. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that so much with your self-love journey where, yeah. you know, you are here because of that awareness as you age. Yeah. Same. Literally, you know, I'm 37, you're turning 31. Mm-hmm. So there, that the, those couple of years and the difference, like where you were, when you talk about your early twenties, that was my early twenties. Yeah. And it wasn't until I think when I was like 30, mm-hmm. when that was like, all right, I'm about to turn 31 and enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot live my life. Like I cannot, I just can't. And, you know, if you're in a place of feeling like if you're relating to this at all and you're feeling like, well, that's my life right now. Like I am just desiring and wanting to be loved so badly because that's where I was too. Like when I hear you speak, I'm like, oh my, that was me. Like, oh my gosh. Like, you know how I just pined to be loved. It didn't matter who was loving me. I really just wanted to be loved um, and validated Mm -hmm. for a lack of a lot of validation. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I can say that this healing and getting through it is worth it because loving myself the way I do now, Mm -hmm. I will never not love myself again. Like, and that's not a conceited thing. No, I love myself so much. I love who I am. I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know my worth. It's so powerful to the point of you just, it's like the small stuff doesn't matter anymore. You don't seek outside validation. You're in healthy relationships. You don't tolerate toxic bullshit. You set boundaries. Like your life literally just gets better. It does. And I think that comes with age and experience too. But you know, like people always say, when you turn 30, things get better. When you turn 40, it's like, you really, I've always heard like women say, when you turn 40, you really just don't give a shit anymore. And I don't Mm -hmm. think it's that you don't give a shit. I think it's that you really, truly come to find yourself most of the time. And you're like, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm about. Like, what's up? Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Um, and I love that I'm here now in this place, raising my daughter from this place. Yeah. I mean, she was a huge changing point for me too, getting yeah. pregnant and having her and stuff and realizing even, even when I was healing, cause mm-hmm. I was healing and being pregnant with her and realizing the responsibility that was going to come with raising her Yeah. and not wanting her to listen, I didn't have a bad life. You know, I I always say that I didn't have a bad life and I didn't have a bad childhood, but there were things that I was definitely lacking Mm -hmm. that affected the way that I grew up It affected my teens Mm -hmm. It affected my twenties. And I don't want that for my daughter. Right. You know, I don't want her to, if I can help her and equip her with the tools, Mm -hmm. because I don't expect life to be easy for her. I don't expect her not to have challenges and I'm not perfect. So I'm sure somewhere along the way, I'm going to fuck up. You know, I want her to have the tools to be able to get through it, to heal through it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so important. And I talk about that all the time because my parents didn't have the tools. So I didn't have the tools. Exactly. And then I had to figure it all out. It's really fucking difficult. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't have the tools. So yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I think that we can validate our parents yeah, and then also validate ourselves. Correct. And that's where healing comes in too, is where, 
you eliminate those feelings that cover up the deep wounds, Mm -hmm. you know, like anger is a layer on top of a deep wound. And once you release that layer, you actually open up to feeling the things that you need to feel because anger is the easiest emotion to feel and oftentimes a secondary emotion, but the anger has a purpose in the sense of what's underneath. Right. You know, and oftentimes we become angry with our parents. How did you raise me this way? Why did you put me through this? And at the same time, you can, you know, you can validate your parents and their traumas and their generational Mm -hmm. um, cycles and their lack of tools and all of that. And that's where that responsibility comes in and saying, you know what, because my mom refuses to validate my emotions, does that mean that I get to stay in a place of, of anger, depression, hindering my own, you know, growth and healing. And my mom's a wonderful woman, a wonderful, wonderful woman. And I have very deep seated wounds Mm -hmm. from her lack of validation, acknowledgement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You know, so, and I have devoted my healing journey before I have children and during, because we're always healing and there might be stuff that comes up that I have no awareness of yet. Yeah. And it only will come up after I have children, you know, but maybe this is what God's plan is for me. This Mm -hmm. is my plan. My plan for my career and my personal life is to not repeat the pattern in my own children. And then also not, not repeat the pattern in society because I'm also writing a book called raising validated children because I believe that it's so important to bring that awareness of you are not perfect no one is perfect life is not perfect life is freaking hard and we all as humans have our own perceptions of how we perceive life like my sister and I went through the very same things yeah, we perceive too. life differently. My sister says this to me all the time. She's yeah. like, you don't remember, or, or you, you know, she always says that. And I'm always like, no, I mean, or that's not how I saw it. Exactly. That's not how I see it. Yeah. Or, that's not how I perceived it. So you're right. It's it, so true. Yeah. Two people can go through the same traumas and, and exactly. And our wounds are expressed differently, Yeah, you know? And so, but if children are raised with love and validation, especially emotionally, yeah it's a different way of living and it's a different way to grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody can implement validation with all different parenting styles. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do gentle parenting to be a validating parent. You don't have to be extremely strict and rigid to right. be, you know, a validating parent. You have to just experience their emotions with them and give them room and space to just feel right. And it's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. And that's important to me because that's what I lacked growing up. And I never knew that's what I lacked because I was just feeling the pain. Yep. I was just feeling the pain and I was acting out of the pain. And I mean, being a therapist saved my life as well. I don't even know (laughs) what I would, what I, how I would be without helping others because the words that come out of my mouth sometimes are exactly what I need to hear. It's a reflection of my own inner, you know, child's like needing that validation or something, you know what I mean? And, (laughs) you know, and I became a child therapist, like what? Yeah. I mean, listen, and it happens to work. You were, yes, organically. (laughs) And that was like part of your, you know, Mm -hmm. it is God has a purpose, you know? I know, I know. As you're even during this whole like time of you talking, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be like, amen. Hallelujah. Praise (laughs) the Lord. Like I can relate to that. Oh my gosh. And then I'm like, 
And then also as you're speaking in the truth, and this is probably happening to people listening, like I'm having these flashbacks of memories and moments of growing up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that caused that. Oop, that did that. Yeah. And the thing is, I used to not talk about it because I never wanted to make my parents feel bad. Right. But now I'm like, like you said, I'll validate your feelings. And yes, the reason why that I went through this or the reason I felt this way or the reason I'm sorry to say is yes, yeah. because of you guys, like, you know, that mm-hmm. not giving me that space for those feelings, like, you know, so important, even now raising Riley, like, I don't want to yell at her. If she's having a tantrum, I let her have it. Yeah. I literally just let her do whatever you want to cry. I don't cry for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about it. What made yeah. you upset? Or like, maybe you just want to cry, but like, I'm not going to yell at you and tell you to stop or scream and make you feel bad for your feelings. Exactly. Um, Cause sometimes even as adults, like, we just want to fucking scream. They exactly. don't even know how to process. Like I'm going yeah. tell you how many times a day, I like, there's moments where I'm like, I think I just want to go outside and scream really quick. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine being a child, not even knowing what all these freaking emotions are? Right. Like, you yeah. know, or so, even like an inability to speak. Because yeah. A lot of children, either they have language processing disorders right. or they haven't um, gained their articulation of language or emotion yet. Like right. they don't know how to say, Which is why I am cry. sad. Right. Yeah. Which is like when babies or small children before they're speaking cry, there's a reason for it. Exactly. Like, you know, immediately you think people say, oh, my kid is being bad. Well, no, maybe they're just expressing their emotions. Exactly. And like adults too. Like, I think a lot of us would benefit from a good cry or seven. Like, yes. I love a good cry or a good laugh. Like you were saying, yeah. you know, I just love to be able to express, which is probably why I love talking so much, mm-hmm. you know? And people yeah. always say, you talk so much, you think yeah. Kevin, sometimes yeah. they'll be like, so babe, like last night, he's like literally one eye open. And I'm like, are you sleeping? And I'm just still talking. Yeah. He's, he falls asleep and I'm like, man, I really do talk a lot. And I love to talk a lot. Yeah. So I get out. It feels so good. It feels good to be able to speak yeah. and be heard and seen and just mm-hmm. appreciated for all that. Exactly. You know, like yeah. not shut up. You're talking too much. Right. It's continue talking. Exactly. You know, and, and that makes you, thing. exactly. That makes you, you. Yeah. And again, it's like reducing that shame is yeah. that not, re- not shaming yourself for being your authentic self. Yeah. And that's where a lot of wounds are created as well is that we are, we often stunt our authentic self because we're feeling shameful of it, or we feel like it's not good enough, or we feel like it's not perfect or not what society wants us or our partner or our friend or our parents, whatever, you know, and that's where so many wounds come out of not feeling safe to be our authentic self. Yeah. And so validating yourself and being your authentic self and saying, this is me and I am proud of it. It is safe to be my authentic self. And this is where, again, it's just healing is so important and it's reprogramming. We're constantly reprogramming because even at 20 years old and you think that's young, that's 20 years of negative conditioning that you have gained that you need to begin to reprogram. If you never felt safe as a child to be your authentic self at 20 years old, you're going to be acting out of that wound and you Mm. need to begin to reprogram. And it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Being an adult, being a human being just, it's just not easy. It's not. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to equip yourself with the tools mm-hmm. to know where to ask for help. Yeah. Um, to just, to just start, Yeah. you know, and like, there's so many different ways mm-hmm. to begin that. And, you know, a lot of you guys know that Katie and I do a lot of events together. Like even this past Sunday, we did our workshop together. We love doing it because it's, we say we are, we literally are yin and yang yeah. because there's so many different components to us that are like, what your strengths are, what my strengths Mm -hmm. are, and then our strengths that are similar and together. We really do just gel so well Mm -hmm. and balance. And I love that. And I think that like, even, even what we do is Mm -hmm. just 
just really cool. Yeah. And really cool to see us in this place of service. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, in this place of like uh, empowering others when both of us have been in a place of lacking. Mm-hmm. Both of us have been at like, we've seen each other at our lowest, yes. you know? So yeah. it's crazy now to see us vibrating so much higher, Yeah, but it's also just like such a beautiful thing. Um, it really is thinking about where we started, what we've gone through, yeah, our relationship, our mm-hmm. friendships, yeah, you know, you know, all of that. And then to see where we are now, it's like, holy smokes. Yeah. It's really quite cool. It is powerful you know? to reflect on it. And after every single event, we like cry to each other. And we're like, <laughs> this was amazing. And, and like, like, I love you so I much. You so much. And then it's like, because that's the heart, that's the heart center, that's the soul. Mm. So when we talk about mind, body, soul work, that's the soul work. Yeah. When you feel that power, that love, that energy on that deep level, that's alignment. That's, we know mm-hmm. our soul is in alignment in mul- multitude of ways, friendship, yeah. professionalism, personal lives, all that stuff. We are stepping into alignment and by healing, you get closer to your authentic self and being your authentic self is that aligned soul work where yeah. it's like that deep, deep feeling. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, so you have helped heal me and I've helped heal, yeah. heal you. And it's interesting how we've done it because it's like, okay, I'm helping you. You, you like notch up, then I need you. So you help me. And I like not, it's literally mm-hmm. like, we were like this ladder of yeah. like, if you think about it, yeah. think about the journey, like where we started and where we are now, it's crazy because we used the tools again, that whole yin and yang. And it's yeah. like, we helped each other level up to this point where now we're both like, okay, mm-hmm. we're doing it. Yeah. And we continue to exactly. we continue to support each other in that way. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really incredible. And like, I mean, really, I wish everyone could have a friend like you, yeah. but unfortunately guys, like you can't have her. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Get sorry, not sorry. sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, but it, it's such a beautiful thing. And this, where we are now, we would not be had we both not individually healed. Yeah, a thousand percent. We absolutely grew with each other. And it's funny we're talking about this because I was thinking about that on the way here. Yeah. Um, it, we definitely have grown with each other like immensely. And I don't think that our friendship would be where it is if we did not absolutely. grow together in yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, relationships that fall apart, it's because that level of growth is not happening simultaneously, individually and together. Yeah. And we both needed it. We did. You know? Yeah. And yeah, it's just crazy. Cause like literally 10 years ago, if Katie would have called me, I would have been the person to be like, it's okay. I'll get through it. <laughs> Cause I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm literally, I was speaking to you from a place of experience and that was where my level of experience was. Right. right? And so, you know, to say like, I, to going back to that is that like, I know some people, I, again, we don't want you to feel shame or guilt if you're in this place, but like knowing that you can get out of it and knowing that there's tools to help you just become the best version of yourself for you, for everybody else. And, you know, just, I think this year alone, like when I think about 2022 and the energy that it brings and, and just, it's going to be great. Yeah. Like literally it's going to be the best year ever. Like I just know it. There's so much good vibrational energy happening like yeah January is still happening and it's so freaking intense so, yeah it I feel is like it's already been like five months I know but like of intense yeah. stuff changing yeah. and so it's like embrace this energy like really go out there and just like do the things you've always wanted to do step out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. like you know this summer I had a conversation with my mom that I needed to have that I haven't had in 37 years I spoke my truth mm-hmm 
you know, like that's huge pivotal changes. Yeah. Like I still have to have a conversation with my dad, but you know, I'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> there's you know a time I mean? and a place for everything. Yeah, there's a time and a place for everything. But like, <laughs> seriously, like this is the, there's just so much that can change and happen. And so mm-hmm. it's like, first of all, I could talk to you all day. I there know, was one right? other question that someone asked, but you already answered in the beginning. Yeah. Why you transitioned from clinical mm-hmm. to where you are now. Mm-hmm. I think that, that you answered that beautifully in the beginning mm-hmm. of this, but I, I feel like there's so many more things we could talk about. So this will yeah. not be the last podcast that this we have. Part one. This is definitely part one. Mm-hmm. So I want to leave it with this. I want to ask you one last thing. And I guess it can be, you know, whatever, but all right. So for those who are listening and still listening all this lengthy time later, um, if there's one thing that you could tell someone right now who is seeking healing who's ready to make a change like what is that one thing that you would tell them I feel like there's so many things that I could say and I think the one thing that just popped into my mind is never give up Mm -hmm. even on the darkest days of your life and you can prepare for this you can have the sign on your wall you can have the quotes in your phone you can have you know someone on speed dial you can follow the accounts on social media that are life-changing, are positive, are healing, are therapeutic. On the darkest days of your life, never give up on yourself. And because life, as hard as it is, it also brings immense joy. And it's in the joyful moments that keep us going through the darkest moments. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because when Instagram first came out, and whatever 2012 whatever it was I've not I have not changed my Instagram handle since then on my personal page it's la joie d'avis and it's in French and I don't even know if that's the right grammatical way of saying that because I think the right way was already taken but for all you know intensive purposes it means the joy of life and I've you know I used that for like all my usernames back then because I don't know if something in me it resonated with it, that saying that the joy of life, there is so much joy in life, even through the darkest, darkest days. And you get to validate yourself and your experiences first and foremost, and do what you can to experience life while we're here. Yeah. I love that. You, you really are like, I feel emotional. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. I got emotional too. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm trying to say this without uh, crying. So, because obviously, because I know you, right? And yeah. I know what you've been through personally. I know your story. I know your struggles. But you really are like you embody joy. Like you are the joy of my life. Like mm-hmm. you are the joy of many people's lives. And so, what's crazy is that even when you didn't, <laughs> I'm yawning. I'm a mess. <laughs> It's just so crazy that your advice, even when you didn't feel joy, you were joy. Yeah. Like uh, even when you're at your lowest and I needed you to be that joy for me, you were joy. It's just crazy. So it's not crazy. It's all encompassing. It's all the things it's full circle. It's, it's exactly what I feel. Um, it's that joy that you bring. And even when you didn't, even when you didn't feel joy, you gave joy. And I believe God created you for that divine purpose. Yeah. Like literally. 
So don't ever change Elijah Davidi. <laughs> I literally, uh, I'll never forget when I was like, what does Elijah Davidi mean? <laughs> I know. Oh, I think my, everybody says that. It's so funny. I'm a mess now. Um, I, I love you. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, I'm so thankful that you did this podcast with me. Um, I'm so grateful that number one, we recorded this because we have it forever. Yeah. Um, this is beautiful. Because 10 years from now, we're going to be even more. Yeah you know, oh, can't wait, can't even wait to see yeah. where we are and look back and say, mm-hmm. wow, look how much we've grown from that moment. Know, but, you know, right? I just think, um, yeah, never give up. I love it. So if you tuned in this whole way, we appreciate you. We love yes, you. We thank, thank you. you so much. Um, and we can't wait for the next one. So feel yes. free to let us know how you love this. Give us feedback and whatever topic you want us to elaborate on. Cause you know, we both love to talk. We're more than happy to do that. <laughs> So thank you, Katie, for being here. Thank um, you so much. For, for those of you that don't already follow Katie on social media, you can follow her on at Strength in the Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a podcast. Mm-hmm. I will list all of this in the details of this podcast. I will have her Instagram handles, her website, her podcasts, and all of the above so that you can follow her and you know, reach out. She offers great coaching, mentoring programs. There's a lot of self-guided programs now yeah. on your website that, mm-hmm. you know, you can go at your own pace um, to get you started. That's even mm-hmm. a great way for those of you that want to get started. Start with the self-guided program. Yeah. And I think that would be a great tool for mm-hmm. people just to start, dabble. Yeah. And then when you're ready to really dive in, mm-hmm. doing the one-on-one, I think is really where you're going to see the change. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Oh my God.